Hello everyone and welcome to A2I Dyslexia Podcast. Today we have the amazing Paloma Ford who will be joining us and talking to us about the power of multicentral learning. Now, we have been kindly funded by European Social Fund, Educational Social Fund, and also Equip, who has funded this program, or this podcast rather, and um, it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. um, Paloma has got many years in um, special education needs, supporting um, people with learning. And um, funny enough, she's based in the UK. She's based in Kingston, which is even better. Um, We've got all her social media handles, so if anybody's interested in contacting her direct, particularly during this lockdown and pandemic and, you know, we're sometimes tearing our hair out with learning and so forth. And um, she is the go-to, 100% the go-to. Now, just before I bring Paloma on to um, speak a little bit about her her background and her biography, I just want the listeners to know who I am. My name is Elizabeth Tetchy. I'm the founder of HY Dyslexia. And um, yeah, we do our podcast as we go along. And of course, this is um, one of the series that we're bringing out. And the title is Dyslexia, the Power of Multisensory. Now, just before I um, introduce Paloma, I just want to read a little bit about her. Paloma is passionate about supporting and detecting early signs of dyslexia so early intervention can begin. She has over 20 years of special educational needs, experience with a range of roles, including advisor, teacher, SENCO, learning support coordinator and and teacher trainer. Now, what more can I ask for? Absolutely phenomenal. Paloma, welcome to A2I Dyslexia podcast, All Things Dyslexia. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I am feeling very good, actually. Um, there is now light at the end of the tunnel for many of us. So, yeah, and I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for a wonderful introduction. Oh, that's really awesome. Now, obviously, I didn't read everything because I just thought there's a little bit that I'm going to leave for you to um, you know, tell our <laughs> listeners about who you are, what you do and why you're passionate to support dyslexics. Now, do you do both adults and children or is it just... Um, I do support, yes, I support the whole range. So um, I'm lucky enough to, um, I knew that I wanted to be working in the field of special needs um, from the age of 16, many, many years ago. Um, I was sent, you know, when you get sent to work experience. So I remember sitting there thinking, there's no way I'm going to work in an office. It's just not me. Um, So the teacher at the time sent me to a special needs school I remember I had one afternoon and I came out and I said, that's what I want to do. I want to work with children who, who have additional needs. And I've literally followed that path. Um, currently, I'm working with students who are six, seven, eight and nine. And I also work with adults who've got dyslexia, but they have also got um, autism as well because they're at, um, at Kingston University. So I've got my finger in a few pies, actually. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Now, tell our listeners a little bit about why. I mean, you've told us why you were passionate to work with uh, people with dyslexia and um, specific learning difficulties. But there's a bit more to you than just that, because in front of me here, I've got a a biography that I really didn't want to read out. I wanted you to tell our listeners um, about your why uh, screening for dyslexia and providing all the different services that you do. Because it's not just screening, is it? You do a bit more than that, don't you? Yeah, I do a bit more. Um, So my main passion is um, I suppose the the thing I believe in the most about dyslexia, because I've worked with so many students, masses and massive hundreds of students, is the um, the idea being that it's 
I want it to be detected early. And we have in this day and age got the tools in order to detect that. Um, and unfortunately, still many skill, uh, many schools will not screen early. They will turn around to parents and say, very sorry, um, we can't, there's nothing we can do until they're eight, which um, I'm still really trying to get the message through. No, 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 no. You can actually screen a child from the age of five. Um, there's quite a few um, different types of screening tools out there, which the British Dyslexia Association does recognise so that they have a list on there. And if you dig deeper and go and do your research, um, most of them can screen kids from the age of um, five. I was going to say, which is quite a good idea because the earlier you detect dyslexia or specific learning, the better, to be honest with you. Well, exactly. If you knew that your child at the age of five was showing a 75% at-risk probability of having dyslexia, you are surely as a parent going to go, right, okay, so we now know this information, what do we do next? And then that's part of the process that I'm involved in, because once I screen, then I kind of do the consultations on top of that, give the guidance, um, give them tips that they can obviously speak to the school, because the other thing that we do know, and I've obviously I've worked in um, schools, done the same, done many, many roles, as you as you said at the beginning, where it works and works best is when you've got everybody singing from the same song sheet. So if you've got the Senko on board and you've got the class teacher on board and you've got the parents on board and the child, the child needs to be involved in that process and know what's happening and understand the interventions, then it, there's no reason why it can't be successful. And I am living proof of that because I've worked in the system and I've worked in private schools, I've worked in prep schools and, you know, it can be super successful when it's all, everyone's singing from the same song sheet. Fantastic. That's ab absolutely wonderful. Now, you're also an author. Yeah, I just did. Uh, well, one of the things I noticed, um, if I had a pound for every time a parent said, what do I do next? What do I do next? Um, so basically, I kind of collated all my uh, just my top tips. Um, I remember um, I'm quite into short, sharp things. Just get it done and no waffle. I'm a no waffle person. And I used to um, deal with lots and lots of education psychologist reports. And I, this is a true fact, I will never forget, there was a, um, an assessment that the parents wanted to discuss. They found out their child was dyslexic. And so they bring in the document, we go through it. And my job is to talk about and look through the strategies, which they want to be put in the school in order for their child to be successful. And we opened the document and I went, da, 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 and, I, and I said, there's 96 strategies on this document. <laughs> Oh dear, never heard that one before. I thought my document was quite a big one, of a thick one, but I've not seen like over 90s. I think I did have a bit of a smile on my face and I said, look, there is no way we're going to be able to implement 96 strategies. It's just not possible. So I said, I'm going to whittle that down to five that we're going to do and do them really, really well. So I really did go through the document. Um, but the reason why I did the ebook is I basically whittled my, uh, I think it's my 15 top top tips. So I just thought my top tips, I think I put three bonus ones on those else. It might be 18. Just so some people have got a guideline of where to go because I was saying the same things week in, week out. And um, 
I think there's, lo and of course, there's all sorts of different advice out there. And um, I, yes, I am an expert in the field and I like to think I do know what I'm talking about. But I'm always willing to learn from other people. So if somebody tells me something new or discovers something else, you know, I really love um, hearing about it. But hopefully my top tips will be helping and supporting parents and professionals. That was the idea about it. Wonderful. And I know that um, we've got all your links, your social media links, and as well as the link to the book. And it's an ebook, which is even better for this. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Now, I'm going to dive straight to my question. And I've got this burning question. I just have to ask you. So, what does multi sensory learning really mean? I mean, you know, we just really want to find out a bit more about what it's, a, it's a fancy word, isn't it? So, it basically, if you want to go back, I'll just give you just a very, very brief. So um, multi-sensory learning, so a lot of the computerized products and this, that and the other, they all say that they are multi-sensory learning. And it was actually around in the early 20th century. And it's based on the, it's called Orton and Gillingham approach. So there was a neuropsychiatrist called Samuel Orton, and he kind of worked with his education at educationist and psychologist Anna Gillingham and they very quickly realized that working with students in a kinesthetic which is your physical as well as sensory based learning actually helped children with language and processing difficulties because that's what they were interested in and how do we help these students because they recognized that these kids are not learning your normal bog standard of how children learn and what that did is that launched over the years and it kind of and it started in the us and obviously it's gone you know pretty much worldwide now and lots and lots of different companies and products have actually jumped on that um so multi-sensory literally means using your different senses in order to um help children learn and for whatever reason, it really does work with dyslexic students. So I've used it for years. Um, and it's just a really wonderful method where you are focusing because you've got the time to do it using all your senses. Not often smelling. Smelling is the one I always say to parents. We don't really use that one as much. Younger children, you might do. But typically the other four. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, this podcast that we're running at the moment is funded by the European um, Social Fund as well as the Educational Skills Funding Agency. And the age group we're kind of looking at for this podcast is sort of maybe 16 and above. That, that you, you kind of deal with secondary school students as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, of course, as a dyslexic myself, I'd be really honest with you. I've got to touch what it is. I've got to feel it. I've got to, yeah. it's, it, there's so many different ways for me to be able to grasp it. Even when I'm reading something, I need to highlight it. I need to feel the highlight to make that funny noise that no one likes. You know? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and, and, and it's all part of multi-central learning for me. And I normally say, look, I have to use stickers. I have to use um, post-it notes. Sometimes I have to use little objects to kind of remind me of where I am. It's very chaotic. No, but that works for you. Like one of the one of the key factors about so let's just put yourselves, put children, you've got 30 kids in the classroom, you've got a teacher at the front and the teacher's teaching away, and let's say she's doing a spellings lesson. Well, the very first thing all those children are going to do are going to look at the new words, aren't they? They're going to be looking at those set of words. Well, the, the method um, it's actually known as a, an approach, apparently, the multi-sensory, it's, it's an approach rather than a method. I've, uh, so uh, 
so they say on the on the internet that's what's known as so the very first thing i do with my students is so if i was going to teach you and i do teach adults and i have taught um secondary school students as well so the very first thing is i'll say i'm going to introduce you to a new spelling pattern okay and what you're going to do so i'm going to read them to you first and you're going to listen to me and i want you to hear so you're going to use your auditory skills first i want you to hear tell me if you can hear a connection is there a connection can you hear a pattern tell me what's going on and what that does for whatever reason i do not know i can't wave a magic wand but it works so it forces you to use a different sense that you're normally used to learning straight away so you've taken away the visual the visual's gone and you're lit and so you might say say now if i said to you the letter w okay the letter w in the alphabet is actually um a bit of a nightmare letter because it's got three rules did you know that elizabeth it has actually got three rules don't worry you won't be alone there'll be people listening going i didn't know it had three rules really uh, so it's got three rules and that's what's brilliant about multi-sensory because you actually teach it's very explicit so i would spend a lesson and teach you and say to you right today we're going to learn about the letter w and i'm going to teach you rule one so there is a specific rule and again i would talk you through the words if i said to you now i'll just give you an example um want was wasp what wander as in wandering around hopefully you'd be so you're listening to that and you'll probably go and it'd be okay because a lot of students will look at me and you can see they're going that's okay 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 i'm going to say them again but i would say this time i want you to really watch what my mouth's doing so again so you're doing the auditory and then you're pulling in the visual because when we're normally teaching we're not zoning in on those aspects you're just we're talking away and you're looking at a board and then hopefully you might say oh i can hear an off sound which obviously was want wonder and i'll say yes it sounds like an off but when we write it down it's actually an ah and that's the first rule of w and then after we've talked about it then we look at them and then we put them into sentences and then we do a dictate so you kind of you almost go is in a way you're kind of riding a wave, so you're doing different things and that's where the mastery comes in because by the end of the lesson you're hoping that they've kind of grasped that concept and then the following week when you do the next lesson you actually incorporate and re-revise what they've done before if that makes sense so you're because what yeah, we also know yeah. and you'll know anyway because you are dyslexic one of the big things we also know is you actually need to overlearn you have to have that concept of overlearning so i can teach you that w for example rule one in week one but in order for you to retain that i will have to continually go back over things for each lesson and um the method or you know the approach that i use i do use a system which has been around for years called alpha to omega it's like a like a, a multi-sensory kind of book as it were which you follow a structured program um the the non-exciting part is the dictations because no student wants to sit there and write dictations but you say actually by you writing those it's going to help you and then each week it incorporates previous learning it's very clever it's really clever wow you know what i didn't know the letter w was a very important letter. <laughs> but anyway, as you were saying, there was the wonder, and I thought, okay, let me catch up. I only caught two words. I only caught two words. I, I caught wasps and wonder. 
Yeah, that's processing, isn't it? That's you processing. Yeah. For a minute, I thought, wonder. How would I even spell that? Wonder. Is, and, and I'm, yeah. Now, wonder, the one word that you're pulling up. So then you have to say to students, unfortunately, wonder, we've got wonder, as in wandering around, which follows the W rule one. And then you've got wonder, as in I wonder, I'm thinking, which actually is W-O. I'm totally confusing you now. But don't worry, if you were my student, you wouldn't be confused because you'd be... <laughs> oh, well, I love it. <laughs> I think I'm, I might enroll to become one of your students, actually, if that's the case. <laughs> I'm still learning phonics, P uh, Paloma. I'm still like, yeah, how, what is phonics? I'm still learning. Yeah, yeah, I taught an adult. I had an adult approach me. She was um, she was she was studying. She was re-studying, working. She, she emailed me. She just went is there any chance I could just have a few lessons with you? I just need to brush up. And, you know, we did go back over the basics. And I, and she, I felt that she was a bit embarrassed. It's like, don't, you know, it's brilliant. You've taken that that confidence, that step forward to go, actually, I just want to go back over and do a bit of relearning. And, you know, it really did help her. Yeah. And, yeah. and this so is one yeah. thing, the work you do is really amazing because, to be honest with you, as a dyslexic, um, yeah, I think we all need a bit of what you do. No, ma no matter whether we've got degrees or not, and I'm, I'm just like, sometimes I'm, I'm lost with words. Now, on that subject of multisensory and words, I, I, as a dyslexic, I tend to not be able to pronounce certain words properly. Now, is that because of dyslexia or is it because of the way the word is written and I'm not able to pronounce it how it was written? Um, that's a really good question. I would say, because you're an adult, I would pull it back right back to your early childhood. So if you didn't grasp certain sounds early on, you probably, um, in a way, had your evolved your own, if that makes sense. And you've probably not got out of that habit. Um, can you give me, I don't, I'm just trying to think, could you give me an example? When you say pronounce, so you, you would pronounce words completely differently. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So, um, oh, I don't know. I can't longer even think words. of... Do you mean longer words? I'm all right with long words, funny enough. I'm all right with long words. It's when it's got all the different alphabets in it, and I'm like, how do you pronounce this? Some words, yeah, have got sort of different alphabets in them. And it, yeah, you probably haven't secured your early... You probably still haven't secured all of your early um, sounds and phonics, because it's like however many, 44, I think it is, it's agreed, like phonemes, it's all, it's loads. Yeah. And, and, it, and it can be very embarrassing, especially in a boardroom oh. meeting. It can be quite embarrassing and you think, oh gosh, I didn't really say that right. But no matter how hard I try, it comes out incorrect. But anyway, we'll move on with the podcast and then maybe um, I might book some sessions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely. Now let me quickly move on to my next question. Um, yeah. What are the advantages of multisensory learning for people with dyslexia? I think you've covered that. You've covered some of that, haven't you? Yeah. yeah, I mean, the main advantage, the, the main thing I would say is it's much more explicit teaching and you've got, so if you, like, I teach two groups, I only do two groups now, uh, I've got two groups of five kids a week that I won't have any more than that, and it is quite explicit teaching, so you've got the time to spend on a certain spelling pattern, so that is a real advantage, it, you're going at a nicer pace where the curriculum, and it's, I'm not, saying a bad thing about school or anything um but the curriculum typically the pace is quite fast you know it's we're learning this now we're moving on to that and then we're moving on to that and we're moving on to that 
whereas the multi-sensory does like i said yeah has that repetition which wonderful I thank you so much for that now we get a lot of phone calls and also emails and texts and all sorts of things and people are saying what is the difference between screening and assessment oh, people God, get quite that. muddled up yeah <laughs> Oh, first thing is pricing. One is very expensive and the other one is a lot cheaper. No, typically, so uh, if you want a full diagnostic, a full diagnostic assessment is basically you are going to come out with a diagnosis or not a diagnosis. And um, it's a really thorough test. It will take anything from three to four hours. They look at intelligence. They do the RIT, the RAT um they look at processing working memory and it's um typically done by either an education psychologist or somebody who's got the level seven that can uh, diagnose and the difference between that and a screening so screenings where so i don't um diagnose and um, i didn't get that qualification i just went up to teachers and um, so a screening basically is the step down so clients who would come to me are the ones who've got a niggle so if you've got a niggle and you're not sure whether to spend between four and six hundred pounds and you just want to know what direction to go in or and um the screening will show that and the screening the other reason why i like screenings is because you can literally look at your child's profile immediately so it covers three areas or well, the one i do covers three areas and you can see um has my child got a weak working memory Oh, that will explain why when I send little Billy up to step up the stairs and say, can you get my hairbrush, my handbag and whatever? He only comes down with one item. You know, it's that kind of thing. And it will show also processing, because as we know, a large amount of dyslexic students process at a much slower rate, even though they're absolutely fine on their intelligence. They just need time. Time. Absolutely. And then I think for me, because I have dyslexia, dyspraxia and dyscalculia and Erlen, it's like four things in one. So I'm like, what did you want again? So I'm asking 10 times, you know, what do you want me to do again? Um, and by the time you finish one sentence, I've come back again and I'll have to do it again. It can be very frustrating at times, but, you know, it's something I'm working on. And it's a, it's a condition. I, there's not much I can do about that. Yeah, yeah. it's strategies. Um, so you will also, which is what I say to parents, which I still think schools do need to look into. So a child with dyslexia, and you all know you've got four things four diagnosis by the end of the day you are exhausted you are tired because your brain is doing way more work than than my brain you know i can wake up in the morning and go i need to do this 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 and this i can lie in bed think about that in my head and i'll get that all actioned and i might not write that down whereas somebody with dyslexia will have the thought you know, by the end of the day, like, oh, I didn't, oh, gosh, I didn't do that. I was meant to do, you know, that kind of thing. And I think a lot of schools need to look at things like homework. You know, it's still not apparently proven that homework works. There is no research to prove that homework works for students. And I, I think that's one thing I find still really sad that dyslexic students, you know, yeah. are things like homework. Wow, that's absolutely fantastic. Just before we round up, Give me a yeah. couple of tips for a teenager with dyslexia who's tearing their hair out at the moment during pandemic and all schools being closed and parents are tearing their hair out, teenagers are tearing their hair out um, and teachers are wondering when it gets back at school. What tips would you give? Um, so my first thing is I'm um, if anyone who knows me, 
one of my biggest passions is um, growth mindset. I am, I'm, I'm very into it. In fact, um, I've been approached by a few parents. I should be hopefully trying to do a teenage version because I only do eight to 12 year olds. So I would say, if possible, one of the best things, early things you can do, if you want to help, you have to help yourself. You've got to want to have that is to say, try and get into growth mindset and not have an instead of having an I can't or this is really hard you go this is hard but I'm going to give it a go because even by just changing those words that terminology will help you move in a positive way so that'd be one thing and if you're dyslexic and you're feeling negative I would say the opposite I'd say embrace your dyslexia um, I think there is an absolute strength. I look, I admire people with dyslexia because there are so many more positives in what you can do compared to what I can do. Yes, you might not be able to read, write and spell as much and you might be a bit disorganised, but by golly, there are so many other better things you can do. You're brilliant at problem solving. You're creative. You know, there are just so, so I would say focus on what you can do as well and embrace it. So, um, but my other thing is in this day and age, in this day and age, there is so much ed tech, there's so much technology out there. There is no reason why you can't use that to your advantage. And um, just to add to that, I work with university students who have just come out being teenagers. And um, I had a first year student who just started in January. She's a geography student. And she said to me, she could not believe what was available from her from student finance. Now she's doing a, a university degree and she's got, you know, the students I work have got severe dyslexia and they are all successful and they're all studying and they're all doing what they want to do. And it hasn't stopped them. And there is so much support out there and you just got to find it and ask for it and, and come to you and, and come to me and just ask us. You can help. Fantastic. There is so much. There is so much. Out there. And I'll be honest with you, um, Paloma. I normally say both in our live show and on our, in our podcast, the reason why I'm sitting here today is as a result of the support I got at university, because without all those tools, I, I would not be able to, like I said, four different conditions going on. Which one am I dealing with first? You know, um, but as a result of the support I got at university is the reason why HY it was the time. And that's why I'm sitting here today. So I, oh, I do stand on top of a mountain and say, please, if you can, go back into education and see that's a role model isn't it you know you you are a role and you want students to look up to that and aspire, aspire obviously to inspire, inspire. there you go girls. <laughs> amazing, absolutely it is it is amazing and anything is possible but you have to believe in yourself you have to have that belief and if you and that want and it will happen i've got no doubt in my mind you know absolutely so, yeah. Thank you so much, Paloma. Oh, it's fantastic having you on oh. our podcast. Um, of course, um, just to our listeners, you can connect with Paloma online, LinkedIn, Paloma Ford. Her website is www.screeningfordyslexia.com. Uh, she's also on Facebook, Screening for Dyslexia. She's on Twitter, at Screen for Dyslexia. And you can buy her book, Dynamic Dyslexia ebook. Now, that is absolutely fantastic thank you so much for coming on the podcast hy dyslexia thank you for inviting me i could chat for hours <laughs> <laughs> i know i wish we had more time yeah but it's amazing and please do connect with her and, and do tap into her services and um, she is in kinston 
So if you're in London and you're near Kingston, just very local, uh, you know, give her an, um, uh, an email, a, a, a shout or follow her on LinkedIn. And I'm sure she'll be more than happy to support you. Uh, Paloma, thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Okay, thank you so much. And um, for our view, for our listeners, rather, we want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you for following us on social media, HY Dyslexia um, and www.hydyslexia.org.uk. See you next time. Same time, same place. Bye-bye for now. The Aspire to Inspire Dyslexia podcast, All Things Dyslexia, is funded by Equip, the Education Skills Funding Agency and the European Social Fund. It's presented by Elizabeth Tashi and produced and distributed by Salt and Pepper Productions. <laughs>